Welcome to the Creative Pen Podcast. I'm Joanna Penn, thriller author and creative entrepreneur, bringing you interviews, inspiration and information on writing, publishing options and marketing ideas for your book. You can find the episode show notes, your free author blueprint and lots more information at thecreativepen.com and that's pen with a double n. And here's the show. Hello creatives, I'm Joanna Penn and this is episode number 685 of the podcast and it is Sunday the 9th of April 2023 as I record this. In today's show I'm talking to Chris Banks, the CEO of ProWritingAid, about how the tool is incorporating aspects of generative AI to help your writing improve even more. Now, I use ProWritingAid for every book, fiction and non-fiction, and for my short stories, and even my standalone solo episodes sometimes. It is an indispensable tool in my writing process. Now, I still work with a human editor, Kristen Tate, for all my work, but using ProWritingAid means I can fix all the basic stuff before it goes to Kristen, and she can focus on the more value-added aspects of editing, like comments on content, structure, character arcs, the more developmental side of things. So ProWritingAid has begun to incorporate new aspects of generative AI into the tool. So Chris talks about those, as well as how to think about some of the more problematic issues around AI. And of course, as ever, we are enthusiastic about the possibilities to come. Now, I'm an affiliate of ProWritingAid, so if you'd like to try it out and support the podcast at no extra cost to you, go to thecreativepen.com forward slash ProWritingAid. Or, of course, you can go to ProWritingAid.com, but uh, to support the show, thecreativepen.com forward slash ProWritingAid. Right, let's get into the interview. Chris Banks is the CEO and founder of ProWritingAid, which has over 1.5 million users worldwide, including myself. <laughs> so welcome back to the show, Chris. Thanks, Joanna. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, yes. And we were talking before about how we're so excited right now about all the things going on. But before we look forward, let's just uh, tell people a bit more about ProWritingAid. So if anyone doesn't know it, can you give us just a brief overview of some of the key benefits? Yes, well, the tool basically is designed to make writing fun and easy. So we try and do all of the heavy lifting and taking away the difficult bits of writing. So all of the kind of boring bits that you might struggle with, all of the things that take a lot of time and don't bring you any joy. Pro Writing Aid is designed to help you get rid of those and to make your life a lot easier and fun. Mm. And just, I guess, some of the specifics. So I use it for editing and it does things like pick up my terrible comma usage and some of my passive language which I I always use anything else that you think is commonly used by authors yeah I think I, I designed the tool to help myself and to criticize myself to find all of the things that all of the mistakes that I was making when I was writing which I think when you're doing a first draft uh, I always think of the first draft as a quote, I think, by Shannon Hale, where you're just piling up sand so that later you can build castles out of it. So in the first draft, you're just trying to get everything down, all of your thoughts, all of your stories. It's about flow. Uh, and then when you move into the editing phase afterwards, that's about constructing things and building these beautiful castles. So what ProWriting does is it helps you with that construction process. So it goes through your first draft and shows you all of the areas that you need to focus on. 
in order to take that first draft to a publishable manuscript. So that's things like, have you ever used passive voice? Have you used too many cliches? Have you used repetitive sentence structures, grammar mistakes, common mistakes, things along the lines of, have you shown rather than told in terms of like emotions or or other areas? So the idea is to take all of the advice that you would read in books on writing and actually apply that to your own writing and show you where you need to focus yourself to get the most out of your time. Mm. And actually, what you just said there is one of the criticisms that I have had, because obviously I, I love ProWritingAid, I use it, and I have a video tutorial, and someone posted a comment which basically said something along the lines of, you're lazy, you should learn all these rules yourself. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what do you think about that? Should we be reading all those books and learning all the rules and applying them? Are we losing something by using a tool? Well, I think you, know, you probably have read all of those books, Joanna. I have, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I certainly read a lot of them, but I can't remember them. And I think what a lot of people struggle with is actually taking that advice that you get in books and actually applying it to your own writing, because often it's quite abstract. You don't really see the connection. So that's what we're trying to do. But I always think going back to that that metaphor of building castles, right, you when you're constructing something, you have a bunch of tools that help you constructing it. Right? So if you were going to build a house, you would have like a digger and a crane and a dumper truck that would make building your house an awful lot easier. Yes, you could do it, do it without those things, but it would take you an awful lot longer and it would be much less enjoyable. So pro-writing aid is a tool like any of those things that just makes the whole process a lot easier and a lot faster. Mm. And actually, I learn something every time. Like As you say, you might know a rule in your head, like, oh, yes, I should not use repeated repetitive words or something. But then you can't see it on the screen and you can't see it on the page necessarily. And so I find that I always learn something. And then, of course, hopefully the next time around, you will get a better score because Pro Writing Aid gives you a score for like your chapter or something. And my goal is to try and get it into the higher level score before I even use the tool. So you can challenge yourself to become a better writer. And I, I definitely find it helps me with that. Yeah, and I think that that is one of the benefits of the tool as well, is it that it gives you that objective eye. I think everybody needs an objective eye. You know, if you think of like the best sports people in the world, they have a coach who watches them doing their sports and gives them advice on how to do it better. Right? They can't do that, that, that themselves because they can't see themselves doing the sport. So pro writing aid is giving people that objective eye. Yes, it would be great if everybody could afford to have their own personal writing coach who reviewed everything that they ever wrote and gave them feedback, but that's beyond the means of most people. So what we're trying to do is give that to everybody so that you can get that first objective eye. Maybe then you use an editor to get another objective eye, um, but we will... By using ProWriting Aid first, you'll get a lot more value from your editor and they'll be certainly doing the part of their job that they prefer doing. Mm. And I imagine a lot of editors do use these tools. It's not like they print out manuscripts and hand edit everything. And maybe some people still do that, but everyone uses tools, right, as part of their job. 
Yeah, exactly. And a lot of editors actually recommend ProWriting Aid to their clients that they use ProWriting Aid before they send it to the editor, specifically because you'll get a lot more value out of your editor if they're not correcting simple grammar mistakes and showing you the simpler things, right? But they're really helping you with things like your tone of voice, your like plot holes, characterization, those kind of things. Uh, you'll be a lot happier because you feel like you're getting more from your editor. Your editor will be happier because they're not correcting simple things and everybody wins. Yeah, absolutely. It it takes us further. It enhances us. And we should be returning to that thought. But you were on the show in April 2021. So almost we're recording this in the middle of March. So April 2021, two years ago when we first talked. So what has changed since then for ProWriting A just, I guess, in the software, but also in with the company as well? Did the pandemic, which was still in sort of full flow (laughs) then, has that changed things? Or what have you noticed? over the last few years? Well, I think there's been a seismic shift in everything over the last two years. But yeah, I mean, for ProWriting Aid as a company, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw a lot of people going on online. So writing in general became a lot more important. You know, a lot of communication became through the written word, through documents. And I think a lot of people realised actually how effective communicating through writing and putting your thoughts down on paper can be. Because I think writing is a really powerful tool for helping you crystallize your thoughts in a much better way than you can just in your head. Obviously, I think for us as a company, a lot of people were stuck at home and started writing their novels or memoirs or whatever they wanted to work on. So things got really busy. And then more recently, obviously, I think the technology has advanced massively, even in the last six months. You've probably all heard of ChatGPT. The underlying technology of that is something called transformers, which is something that we've used for several years in our grammar checking, but has suddenly taken a huge leap forwards. We are now using that and can do things now that six months ago would literally have been impossible. So it's very, very exciting time from a technology perspective as well. Mm. Well, let's split that into two things. So first of all, we said that ProWritingAid has been using the transformer technology, and obviously we don't need to go into technical details, but I mean, so ProWritingAid, it's not new that you're using AI. So if we look sort of backwards, how have you been using AI? You mentioned that in the grammar section. Yeah, so, so I mean, pretty much from the start, we've used AI Um Language is, you know, on the surface, it seems quite simple, but underneath it's incredibly complicated. And if you think how long it took for people to have even reasonable grammar checkers, if you look back 10 years ago, grammar checkers were pretty terrible and they're only getting to the stage now where they're actually a lot better. The uh, it, All of that has come from AI and using effectively like the statistical models in AI. And then previously, we if we wanted to do very specific things, we would have to build uh, very specific models, which would involve generating a training set or acquiring a training set from somewhere, creating a model and then applying it so that we could deliver value to people. The big change over the last six months is that these models have transformed into what are called now foundational models, uh, which means that they, these models can actually just do a lot of things without actually any specific training. 
So this means that you can take one model and use it for as many things as you can think of, rather than previously everything that you wanted to do, you'd have to generate your own model. So it means that we can now do effectively 100 times or more things uh, much more easily than we could previously. Mm. And also you said that we can do things now that you couldn't do six months ago. So what has been added to Pro Writing Aid because of the acceleration of technology? Yeah, so well, so we're just getting started, obviously, because it, it's so new. But for me, this is solving the missing piece of Pro Writing Aid. So the problem that we've always had with the product is that we could often show you where there was a problem. But in that case, we'd have to show you that there was a problem here. And then we say, right, now go away, read these articles, and you have to work out how to fix that problem. So obviously, with basic spelling and grammar, we could suggest it. But with more complicated things, we would have to rely on you doing that. And obviously, for some people, that's quite a lot of work. And they just think, oh, it's too much effort. I can't be bothered. I'll give up. Whereas now, with these new models, we can, for pretty much everything, uh, show you several examples of on your own work of how you should fix it. And then you can choose between those examples, or you can combine them and come up with your own take on it. So over the next three, four, five months, I hope that, uh, whereas we had lots of suggestions in pre-writing it before, where we couldn't give you examples of what good looked like, we should be able to give you examples that you can accept for pretty much everything in the product. That's fantastic. And I mean, I've been playing, I, I was on ChatGPT the morning it launched. I was so excited. It came out and I was like, woohoo. And it was super fun. And one of the things that's interesting is because I'm a discovery writer. So mm. I just sit down and I kind of make it up uh, as I go along. Like I'm not a plotter or anything like that. But one of the interesting things is being able to paste in a chapter, say, and then ask it to summarize, to kind of do text in different ways ways is that something that you might consider because there's lots of reports aren't there in pro writing aid yeah i think well, there's lots of reports uh, they're all designed to work on different areas and i think again it, a lot of them we didn't integrate into the real-time checking because they required a lot more work uh, whereas now with the things that we can do we can actually bring that more into the real-time ch- checking so a good example of something that I mean, it literally blew my mind the first time I saw this, was good writing. I think humans love to see lots of really kind of like detailed descriptions of scenes of people. It really helps to engage people with your writing. And I think a lot of time people don't include enough like sensory detail about the smell or the taste or the touch of the things in their story. Uh, Now we can identify where there's a lack of sensory detail and then we can suggest a complete rewrite of a paragraph or a couple of paragraphs where we suggest sensory detail that you can add so that might be like the sound of the clock or the sounds generated by like a cart going down a path or anything really it's just amazing when you see the transformations it's incredible and again we don't necessarily get you to 100 percent, but we'll get you somewhere where you really understand what the problem is and then you can use your own take on it 
I love this sensory detail stuff. I, I think it's fantastic. Again, we all have strengths and weaknesses and I'm very good at visual stuff. So my visual descriptions are usually pretty good, but I always forget smell and I often forget hearing because I'm an introvert. I don't really like noise. <laughs> so I, I find this sensory detail to be really useful because it suggests things that I haven't even thought of based on a context, which I think is amazing. And yet this is actually one of the criticisms that people have. So again, it almost comes back to the, well, you should read the grammar books and you should know the rules. And so some writers who were slightly resistant or even more than slightly resistant to AI would say either that's cheating or it's replacing the author's creativity. Like they feel in some way that we're missing out because we're not just pulling it all from our brain. Yeah, well, I think that's an interesting an interesting question. And you might say the same about, for instance, using a thesaurus. Is using a thesaurus cheating because you're pulling those different words that you could be using out of your brain? Um, I would say no. And I would say that no, you know, any tool that you use to find different ways of expressing yourself, for me, is not cheating. It's just common sense. So, for example, to give a specific example, there's a resource called the Emotion Thesaurus, which I think a lot of writers use. Uh, The idea being that you should show the emotions of your characters rather than tell them. So you shouldn't say that somebody is angry, right? You should show their face going red and their like knuckles going white and all of the physical characteristics of them being angry rather than just saying he was really angry. So the Emotion Thesaurus is a really good resource. I highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't tried it out. But it gives you all of these descriptions that you can use if you have a character that is angry. Now, one of the great things that we can do is actually also help with that process as well. Whereas before, I would just said, you know, here you said he's angry. Maybe you need to go away and look at how you can show he's angry instead. Uh, very soon we'll be adding functionality that will actually show you four different, five different suggestions of how you might write the sentence better to show the physical uh, symptoms of him being angry rather than just saying he's angry. You could do that process by looking at the emotions thesaurus as well. It would take you longer, right? I would highly recommend also using the emotion thesaurus as well because we're by no means exhaustive. Or you could just sit there thinking for an hour on your own of what <laughs> physical description you have for somebody who's angry, right? Or you could, but you know, it's the same process effectively. You're just being more efficient. Yes, and use the word efficient, which is partly true, but I have also found that it's made me more creative because it comes up with things that I might not have thought of. Like we mentioned the sensory description. And I often talk about this as sort of extended thesaurus idea. And it's just a sort of tool on steroids, really. But I think that, as you said, what's coming in is this ability to enhance our creative thinking rather than replace it. So I still have to, like within ProWriting Aid, I still have to put in the raw material and then have it suggest alternative. So it's still from my mind, it's just enhancing what I want to create. And I've certainly found using some of these things that I come up with better ideas. And often there might be an idea that I think, no, that's not quite right, but it helps me think of something else. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I'm really interested in the area. It's called computational creativity, like how we can use computers to be more creative ourselves. And I think as humans, we really get stuck in like holes where we, you know, and I think that's where writer's block comes from, right? Where you really struggle to get outside of this valley that your brain settled in of like, this is the only thing I can think of. And there's a super interesting feature of all of these things like chat TPT is as a kind of creative companion. You know, if I said to you, you name like 10 adjectives, right? You probably come up with five really quickly and then it just gets harder and harder to think of them as it goes onwards. Whereas if you put that into chat GPT, it would just carry on listing them all day. Right? It's this kind of inexhaustible creative companion uh, that can just give you ideas. And then you're effectively curating those ideas into your creative work. So yeah, for me, it's an amazing creative companion. Mm, I like that. The inexhaustible creative companion. Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel. But there, just to address some of the other concerns that authors have uh, about AI. And of course, AI is like the internet. It yeah. doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean one thing. It's really big, but it's the term that people are still using. So the training data, people are concerned that works in copyright have been used to train, you mentioned foundational models, mm. and that therefore the original creators of those works are not fairly compensated. And of course, there are legal cases. So this is literally not something that has been decided (laughs) but what's your understanding of this issue uh i I think it's really interesting and i think with this kind of massive shift in technology we will obviously need changes in the legal system as well um to use a kind of comparison for me it's like motor cars being invented right before there were cars you didn't need to have like road laws necessarily but we've invented this new thing that will be used in some good ways and undoubtedly some bad ways so we will need to generate new laws to to govern that as well i think fundamentally there's a lot of comparison though between uh ai and humans as well right the ai is based on human biology the idea of neurons And it learns in a similar way to humans by like reading things. So when you're writing something as a human, arguably you've read books, uh, you've read copyright things on the internet. And when you're writing, what you're producing is based on what you've read. So are you worried about copyright in that case? Probably not. I think there's always going to be a continuum and different people will be on different places on the continuum. For me, it's very interesting because I think one of the things people say is, oh, um, it's going to plagiarise things from the internet. It's much less likely to plagiarise things from the internet than an actual human is, which is kind of ironic because it's read so many things. uh, The paths that it takes to predict what to say next are there's so many more that it's much less likely to follow the same path as something that's read than a human is it's kind of difficult to explain but if you imagine you're walking through a garden if you've only seen like two pieces of text in your life every like fork in the road there's only two ways you can go 
So you, know, you can go left or right. Uh, so the you know, and you say there's like ten different forks. The chances are you're going to follow the same path as somebody else has down that garden. Whereas if every fork you get to, there's actually like a thousand different ways you could go, and there's ten different part you know, forks, then you're much less likely to follow the same path as somebody. So a human is that one who's only got two paths in front of them because it's seen much less data than an AI. So ironically, I would be much more worried about uh, an individual person accidentally writing the same sentence as somebody else or an editor changing the sentence to be the same as somebody else than I would be about an AI producing the same sentence as it is seen somewhere in a copyright work. Mm. And that, I mean, that, as you say, we can't go too deep into the technology, but I feel like people think it's almost a database where it kind of pulls out a line. You ask it something or you have a, some text and it rewrites it and it pulls out a line from an exact database. But as you said, it's more a predictive model that has all these different paths that it could do. So are you saying that if if ProWriting Aid offers us a suggestion of a rewrite, rewritten sentence, that we should not worry that that could be plagiarized yeah well so when we rewrite things obviously it's based on what you've written so fundamentally it's the same process of you writing something and then you sending it to your editor and then they might make some edits to that sentence now i don't think anybody has ever said oh i'm worried that by using a copy editor they might rewrite my sentence and plagiarize something but I would say it's much more likely that your copy editor would put you in that situation than any AI tool would. Well, it's interesting because I actually recommend to people and I personally also use ProWriting Aid's plagiarism checker. So I have used some generative text in a short story. And I used the plagiarism checker to run over it just in case, because I feel, because again, I mean, and I don't normally do that for my own books because I feel like I'm happy with my process. But when it includes some words that have been generated, I decided to do this. So, I mean, obviously, ProWriting Aid has a plagiarism checker. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that extra step? Into, I mean, maybe it's just for my own happy feeling. <laughs> No, I, well, I think it's completely natural that you feel that way and you, like people worry about this and it's a very new technology. So anything that's new, I think people have a healthy dose of scepticism about and worry. For me, plagiarism is, is an interesting area and I think there is definitely an ability for this tool to be used for bad in terms of plagiarism. Yeah, just in the same way that you could use a car, you could drive it into the front of the shop and steal all of the things from the shop. Just because you can misuse something doesn't mean that it's bad. I think we'll have to really rethink actually what constitutes plagiarism because it can be used, for instance, you take an article, rephrase every sentence, you know, and then that is clearly plagiarised from my perspective. I haven't done anything itself, but... No plagiarism checker that I'm aware of currently would ever find that. So I think plagiarism checking almost is less useful now. Undoubtedly, there'll be advances in that area, but it's definitely losing the battle currently. 
It's interesting. I mean, what about the AI writing checkers that are starting to spring up? Because as you say, I mean, and I've been using all these tools as creative companions, as you say, I have my own sense of what I want to create. So I don't need to just copy and paste whole things from an AI tool. But some people obviously are doing that and that is already happening (laughs) but now there's these tools popping up that kind of try and find what is ai generated writing now i as someone who's been putting articles online for over a decade i kind of feel like someone could create and in fact someone has sent me a thing where they use chat gpt to pretend they were joanna penn and write an (laughs) article in the style of joanna penn and it could have been me it really could have been me and yet that is ai generated so i i have not used any of these tools because i i almost feel like well it will be a false positive it'll say this is my writing is ai writing but maybe because there's so much on the internet and i followed rules around SEO and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So what do you think about any tools that will pick up AI-generated writing? Yeah, I think, as I alluded before, it's going to be an arms race. I think plagiarism checking tools now are losing that by a long way. There's a bunch of tools that have come out recently that purport to be eye-checking tools. I think most of them have been proven to be fairly like useless and give lots of false positives which means that they're effectively not very useful for much. For me, it's less about whether it's written with the help of AI or versus like plagiarized. And I think plagiarism for me, any anybody who writes a novel, if you write like 100,000 words, there will be a section of your text, like undoubtedly where you've used five words, six words that somebody else has used in another novel. I mean, that's just a fact. But nobody would say using six words that are fairly generic is plagiarism. Whereas if you use like six very specific words from a famous quote, then people would say, well, that is plagiarism. If I take an entire article and rewrite it, that's clearly plagiarism. If I write my own article and reword it with an AI tool, that's clearly not plagiarism. So I think we're going to have a re- redrawing of the boundaries and the definitions of what is plagiarism Mm. and what is copyright i think as well i think copyright is going to be interesting i mean it's emerging more in the visual art space at the moment but it it will definitely because it's kind of easier in visual art to see something whereas say in a book it's a lot more to to go through but yeah i mean copyright feels like it's changing but just to be clear so if someone puts their as working on their book in pro writing aid so as as i do i use scrivener i open pro writing aid i open my scrivener document and i work through it now if i rephrase as something and i take pro writing aid suggestion for that line uh, i can still copyright my whole book because that's my product yeah, exactly. Hmm. Just checking in case people were <laughs> confused. Yeah. I also I wanted to circle back to something you talked about earlier. I mean, you mentioned the foundational models. And one of the things that I find useful in Pro Writing Aid is a style guide. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I'm writing fantasy novel or I have certain words that I use, I can put them in. Now, one of the things that's interesting for me is this idea of fine-tuning models. Mm-hmm. So having my voice, my and so when Pro Writing Aid, for example, suggests a rewrite 
is there a potential in the future? Because again, like you said, we're at the beginning of all of these changes. Is there a potential to kind of fine tune so that it will suggest things that I actually would use as part of my normal writing? Yeah, there's definitely. So I think there's potential on various levels. So I think if you look at different companies, for instance, every company will have like their tone of voice, which is their attempt to homogenize the way that they talk across a a large group of people. So they might say, we use lots of short sentences, it's very positive, or we use like lots of long technical language because we're Ferrari and we want our customers to think they're getting money for their money. Obviously, individuals, I think, as well, will say, you know, well, I like to talk, my my voice is very dark or eerie or very magical or different ways. So there's that kind of prescriptive way, just configure uh, this is what how I want my writing to sound. And then the text that's generated will be guided by that. But then for people like yourself who've got a large body of written work already, then there is the definite possibility of, of what's this fine tuning, uh, where you actually create a model that's specifically tuned to the way that you write. So the results that are produced by the model will be a lot closer to your general style of writing. Mm. Uh, So I think there's a lot of potential in that area as well. Yeah, I really like that idea, especially in the editing, because it's funny, I probably over a year ago now, I worked with a company to fine tune a model that was more the generative stuff. So this was pre chat GPT days, which, you know, that things move on so fast now. And so I trained this model and then I was like, oh, I'm so bored because it, I was I didn't want to co-create with myself. And you mentioned the creative companion. I don't want a creative companion that is myself. Yeah. <laughs> that actually wasn't helping me. But in the editing phase, I do want myself because then it's a consistent voice. Whereas in that early creative phase, I want someone whose brain in inverted commas is different to my own. So I ditched that fine-tuned model because I actually enjoyed the sense of creativity with bigger models, the bigger GPT models. So it's different stages of the process, isn't it? And definitely within my editing stage, that is definitely when I would want my voice. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I read a quote once that a different perspective is worth 50 IQ points. And I completely agree with that. Uh, (laughs) You want a different person to be creative with, to throw different ideas around, to suggest different ways of saying it. That, as I alluded before, right, that beginning phase is all about just getting all of these ideas down. They don't have to be great ideas. Uh, They're just your ideas, right? There's another thing which says, like, all the first draft has to do is exist. That's its only job, right? And once it exists, then you've got something that you can build on. But if you haven't got a first draft, then you haven't got anything. Mm. So, yeah, the two processes, I think, are very different and need, as you say, right, different different creative companions. One needs to be very like you and one needs to be like your opposite. Yes. And it's so funny, is it? We're both reaching for language here. We're like creative companion and use the word brain and the word we've used the word person as well, which I think is interesting. And this is a struggle right now. It's actually quite hard to use language to talk about these tools, isn't it? That's what's so strange. Yeah, well, again, it's it's such a, a jump forwards that people are having to rethink all kinds of different things and obviously create their own new vocabulary to describe the way that these models work and how they're going to interact with them. I think the potential is just enormous. 
Mm. So anything else that you're excited about or that you can tease us for the future of pro writing aid or just anything that you're yeah, just enthusiastic about right now for what's coming? Uh, I Well, I am possibly the biggest advocate of AI in the entire world. I think it's got potential to solve huge problems in the world. For me, it's a huge step forward and there's so much potential. We're only just starting to touch the surface of what we can do. And that way is why, for me, in pro-writing aid, this is literally the most exciting time now since I started the company, because the number of features that we've got planned to come out this year is just enormous. And the, the amount of extra value that we can deliver to people and how much easier we can make writers' lives, I think, is is just phenomenal. Mm, I'm excited. So where can people find Pro Writing Aid online and stay up to date with everything that's coming? Oh, ProWritingAid.com. Um, but then we've also recently launched a community as well. I think a lot of people in writing, um, writing can be very lonely, I think. And so it's nice to have a community as well to bounce ideas off when you don't have chat GPT, um, but to get critique and to discuss things, and learn. So community.prowritingaid.com is where you can go there as well. And there's a power user group in there as well for any of our power users if they're listening. Or if you are a power user and are not in the group, then send me an email at chris.banks at prowritingaid.com and we can add you. And then you can start to have a say in the future of ProWritingAid as well. Because fundamentally, we're here to make all of your lives easier to make writing fun and easy. So the more feedback that we get from our users, the better, uh, the better we can make the tool and the more we can like make life fun. <laughs> Indeed. Well, thanks so much for your time, Chris. That was great. No, I really appreciate it. So I hope you found the discussion with Chris interesting. And if you'd like to try Pro Writing Aid and support the podcast, go to thecreativepen.com forward slash pro writing aid. Or of course, you can just go to prowritingaid.com. Next Monday, I'm discussing the challenges of small press publishing with John Barton from Vertebrate Publishing, a British adventure niche publisher. And his lessons learned have a lot of parallels with the indie author business. So I know you'll enjoy our discussion. In the meantime, happy writing, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes available at thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast. You can also get your free author blueprint at thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint. If you'd like to connect, you can tweet me at The Creative Pen or find me on Facebook at The Creative Pen. See you next time.